Hello and welcome to this special Christmas edition of the Salt and Light Hour. I'm Deacon Pedro. It's still Advent, but for us here today, it's Christmas. Today I'll be joined by all our contributors, Alicia, Sheridan, and Andrew, who will give their segments a little Christmas flavor. But we also have all our other segments. Danny Torquia has some Christmas PR advice. Sister Marie Paul Curley will be here with the windows to the soul to the tradition of Christmas movie watching. Mark Matthews finds Christmas in an unlikely place. And Jillian Cantor learns a Christmas lesson from her kids. So that's all coming up. And we're going to be listening to music courtesy of World Library publications from four of their artists, John Angotti, Ron Rendick, the San Antonio Vocal Arts Ensemble, and Paul Tate. And that's where we begin with Paul Tate's Christmas hymn from his album Unto Us. Son of God and Virgin Mother, Word made flesh, Emmanuel, Son of Man, our very brother, hope for all on earth who dwell. Light in darkness, promise Savior, shine in us for all to see. Rule the world with peace and justice. Come to set your people free Unto us a child is given Unto us a child is born Lord of earth and Lord of heaven Comes to us on Christmas morn Hope for all who dwell in sadness Love for all who live in shame Fragile babe yet mighty Savior Name above all Trumpet 
That was Paul Tate's Christmas Hymn from his album Unto Us, published by World Library Publications. You can learn more about Paul Tate and his music at wlp.jspaluk.com, and nobody's going to find that, so we're going to put it on our website so you can find it easily. Coming up is Andrew with some Christmas saints. But first, Alicia is here with our news. Yes, I am here, and we have a lot to go through this week. We had quite well. I mean, there was some news. Oh, there was. Pretty much every day there was news, but surprisingly, the Pope wasn't actually doing much. Mm, canonizing people. <laughs> Impromptu. <laughs> on his birthday. <laughs> Happy birthday to me. So, since you mentioned it, let's go there. It was Pope Francis's birthday this week. He is 77. And Happy birthday. Happy birthday. No, feliz cumpleaños. Feliz cumpleaños. And he's still going strong. Yes. Um, he's wearing out a lot of his staff. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Keep him busy. <laughs> Which is fine. Now, he didn't want to celebrate with a big party or a concert or anything like that. He wanted to have a very small, very intimate daily mass at the Santa Marta, where he lives, mm-hmm. with the residents and the staff. Right. So that it really felt like a family. But he had one special request. He told his papal almoner. So the almoner is the guy who takes care of the papal charity. Okay, yes, yes, Basically that's right, is that's the right. Pope's charity person. Yes. He told the Almoner to invite some special guests. So Bishop Conrad, or Bishop Corrado, as they, as they know him in, in Rome, yeah. got in his little car, drove out to the porticos right by the Holy See press office. And now, if you've ever been there at night, you, you know that the there's exactly yes. that's where they all sleep because it's sheltered. Yes. And the Carabinieri yes. and the Swiss guards know them, so they won't kick them out. Yeah. So Bishop Conrad, Archbishop Corrado, went up to three of them who he knew and said, you want to come for breakfast with the Pope? Nice. And they kind of looked at him and said, ha, 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 very funny. How nice. Yeah. Yeah. Hi to you, too. Good morning to you, too. And they realized he wasn't joking. Yeah. So he, you know, he bundled them up into his car. One of them had a little dog who apparently sat right in the middle and drove them up to the Santa Marta and they had mass with Pope Francis and they were invited just like everyone else to this birthday breakfast they had afterwards. And we know that um, the Pope's sister has said before that he used to do this on his birthday. They would Uh, try to have like a party for him and he would disappear and go have a picnic with the homeless people. Perfect. So he is still doing that. What you see is what you get. Beautiful. Now, then we mentioned that he gave himself a birthday present. It wasn't anything. Yes. It wasn't any bling. It wasn't any like iPods or anything like that. Yeah. He canonized someone. Yeah. Something the Pope can do probably on his birthday. Yes. Well, my, my sources tell me that Pope Francis is actually very good friends with Cardinal Angelo Amato, who's the head of the Congregation for Saints. Yeah. So whenever Cardinal Amato goes over to see the Pope, he walks out with a list of approved miracles and saints and blesseds and whatnot. Right. And I suspect it is literally a case of, carissimo, come on over for coffee and bring your list. Right. Anyway, so that's what happened this week. And Pope Francis canonized Peter Faber. Peter Faber was basically the only Jesuit founder who had not yet been canonized. Right. What he did was just declare, this guy is a saint, I'm inserting him into 
the calendar of saints, and from this moment on, he is Saint Peter Faber. That's it. No due process or anything, no. No due process. This can be done when it's the case of a saint who is uh, from so far back that really the chances of having a kind of a cult following that's going to look for the, the miracle that's necessary and whatnot is not there. What I was told is that Peter Faber's cause kind of dropped to the bottom of the pile. Mm-hmm. The original postulator had died, and the case was passed over to uh, the current postulator for the Jesuits, but there right. were other cases that were gaining more momentum mm-hmm. and had miracles and had they were just getting more urgent. Yeah. So this one kind of fell uh, to the bottom. I see. And Good. so Pope Francis said... Not anymore. No more. We're just making him a saint. Yeah. There's a whole lot of hubbub going on about how this is, you know, he, he's skipping due process, but it's JP2 did this. Twice. JP2 yeah. did this twice, and, and Benedict. Benedict did this once. Yes. So it's not unheard yeah, of. There was no hubbub when they did it, but it's Francis. Well, because they didn't do it on their birthdays, and they didn't right. announce it a month before yes. in a published in, in interview. A newspaper article, yes, <laughs> an interview, yeah. <laughs> now, let's see what else. have. Oh, yes. Canada has a new nuncio. Nuncio, yes. Archbishop Luigi Bonazzi. Mm-hmm. And he is coming to Canada from... a good Christmas from, gift for Canada, yes. too, yes. He's coming from the Baltic region. So mm-hmm. he was the nuncio to Latvia, Estonia, and Lithuania. Lithuania. Lith- uh, yes. I'm thinking in Italian. Yes, Lithuania <laughs> in English. Lith- Lithuania, that one. Yes. He was also an advisor to the nuncio in Canada back in the late 1990s. Okay. So he would have been an advisor to Archbishop Luigi Ventura. Ventura. And oh, that's good. It would, it's not unheard of. I wonder if I've met him then. You probably have, yeah. Pedro. And it's not unheard of for a past nuncio to actually recommend to the Holy See, hey, I worked with this guy. I think he knows the country. He would be great. Perfect. So good. Merry Christmas to Canada. From the Pope and possibly from Archbishop. But does he speak Spanish? Well, he has worked... Not that that's important in Canada. He has worked in Cuba. Oh, really? Oh, well, maybe he does speak Spanish. Exactly. He's worked in Cuba. He's worked in Haiti. He has been an attaché in Cameroon. Perfect. So he speaks a whole... Okay, so he's... A whole whack of languages that are necessary here. Good, good. Because that's our Christmas gift then from the Pope to Canada. That's right. Wait, no, we do have one more. Oh, one more. Cardinal Marco Alette was confirmed in his job. So he okay. stays on. Because if you remember, when we went into right. the Vacante, yes, that's everyone right. loses their jobs. Yes, that's right. Oh, took them a long time to confirm it. Well, but then right after he was elected, Pope Francis reconfirmed everyone for the time being. Right. And slowly he's been making changes, right. either confirming people or changing out. Okay. people in the Curia. So he's confirmed Cardinal Marco Alette as head of bishops and pretty much revamped the members okay. of the of the Congregation for Bishops. Okay, good, but he stays. But Cardinal Marco Alette stays. Overall, um, he's moved the membership towards the center. So he's kind of uh-huh. um, not reconfirmed anybody who tends to gravitate to... Uh, too much to the right or to the left. Oh, I see. I see that center. He's gone with people who are (laughs) middle of the road. Middle of the road with a wide stride. Exactly. That's something good in the church. 
Well, Alicia, thank you very much. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you too and to all of our listeners. Excellent. So Alicia Ambrosio is our Salt and Light Hour news producer. You can check her out on Salt and Light TV every Friday, 8 p.m. Eastern on Vatican Connections. And you can also follow her on Twitter at Vati Connections. Hi, I'm Mark Matthews, your Hollywood undercover missionary. And you're listening to the Salt and Light Hour with Deacon Pedro. I'm Deacon Pedro. Our website is saltandlighttv.org slash radio. To get some handy parenting tips, stay tuned, because coming up is Jillian Cantor with what her kids taught her about Christmas this week. But now, now it's time for... Saint of the Week with Andrew Santos. Deacon Pedro, how's it going? Welcome back. Um, it's the fourth Sunday of Advent this weekend. Where did time go? I know, Christmas. It's, this is a Christmas special. Yeah, Christmas just a few days away. Unbelievable. So you have a few saints, Christmas saints? Yes. Um, I thought that as we wrap up the season of Advent and, and, and get into uh, the solemnity of Christmas, I thought we could look at a whole bunch of Advent and Christmas saints. Absolutely. Uh, a whole bunch of uh, holy men and women in the Church who really have a role to play uh, during this special time of year. Okay. So I so, uh, just want to highlight about five or six of them. Yeah. And uh, uh, let you know about their story and what they have to bring to our faith. All right. Starting First and foremost, the most important, um, we cannot forget about Mary, the Mother of God. Uh-huh. She's the first person that we think of when uh, we look at the season of Advent. After all, Mary is the one who is closest to Jesus. Okay? So um, there are two Marian feasts, Deacon Pedro, that fall during Advent. Uh-huh. That's the, the Feast of the, Immac- the Solemnity of the Immaculate Conception and the Feast of Our Lady of Guadalupe. Absolutely. So from Mary, we learn the greatest traits of the Christian faith, and that being love, humility, what else comes to mind? Justice, openness to God's grace and will, and the willingness to act. Absolutely. Okay? That's Mary. Uh, Second of all, let's look at St. Francis Xavier. Mm -hmm. Um, We know by looking at his story that he evangelized in the Far East. Busy as he was, he took time to set religious truths, uh, and fit them into popular tunes in the countries that he served. So this was a set, this was such a successful way of spreading the good news that his songs, St. Francis, were sung in the streets. Mm-hmm. So um, he invested a lot of his um, time doing missionary work. Um, you know, he spent a lot of time in silence and prayer, asking for guidance and inspiration. That's something. That's somebody that we could look to during this most holy season in the church's liturgical year. Um, right. Ask for his intercession if you want to spare, uh, spend more time in prayer this mm-hmm. Advent and Christmas. Good. Okay. Number three, um, where do we get Santa Claus from? St. Nicholas. St. Nicholas. Okay. Um, this 4th century Greek bishop is known for his faithfulness to Jesus Christ, um, as well as his devotion to justice, and most importantly, charity. Mm-hmm. Uh, Santa Claus, the good old secular uh, big belly man, uh, he's a character that started with Nicholas, and it took on a life of its own. Mm-hmm. So um, when we look at, at Santa Claus, we really should remember uh, where that tradition came from. It came from St. Nicholas, who was a bishop in the 4th century, who was very well known for giving. Right. Okay. Um, St. Ambrose. Okay. Ambrose of Milan spent much of his time listening. Listening is so important today and age. He listened to St. Monica as she wept about her son, the future St. Augustine. Mm-hmm. And Ambrose was able to comfort her. So he listened to opposing factions in the Church and was able to make peace. Mm-hmm. Uh, St. Ambrose, we know, is a doctor of the Church. Um, he is seen as a lifelong learner. Okay, So we pray to Ambrose uh, this Advent, as well as this Christmas, to improve our listening skills. Good. Okay. Um, we look at St. Lucy. St. Okay. Lucy was a 4th century martyr 
um, she chose to be a Christian when being Christian was illegal. Uh-huh. So she wanted to give up all of her wealth and devote her life to the poor, but she herself became a victim of oppression. Mm-hmm. So after resisting the advances of a, of a Roman soldier, she was denounced as a Christian and she was executed. Right. So she teaches us in her life, St. Lucy, that life in Christ's light is worth devoting your life to, even yes. dying for. Okay? Mm-hmm. Finally, we're going to look at St. John of the Cross. Uh, he is a great mystic in the season of Advent. Um, who says that we are, quote-unquote, face-to-face with love's own grace. So um, before he entered religious life, he worked in a hospital for people with uh, very disgusting, very atrocious diseases. Yeah. Besides bathing them, he sang songs to cheer them up. Oh, yeah. Uh, even when he held high administrative and uh, theological posts, he took the lowliest tasks. Mm-hmm. You know, who do you think of when you look at St. John's story? first person that comes to mind is Pope Francis. Yeah. Um, his life reminds us that no matter how soaring our spirituality, it must be grounded in humble day-to-day duties, or we really do miss the whole meaning of the season, mm-hmm. and we really miss the whole meaning of the Incarnation. Mm-hmm. So Very in all good. these saints, just as, a re- uh, just as a recap, Mary, Mother of God, most important, St. Francis Xavier, St. Nicholas, better known as uh, Santa Claus, uh, St. Ambrose, St. Lucy, and St. John of the Cross. Very good. So that's one, two, three, four, five, six excellent saints. Thank you very much, Andrew. Have a Merry Christmas. Same to you. Merry Christmas. Um, I don't know about you, but um, many people complain when they hear Happy Holidays. To me, I don't know about you, Deacon Pedro, and I don't know about, uh, about our listeners, but I actually don't mind when people say Happy Holidays to me. Why not? Because a holiday is a holy day. Very okay. Good point. Good point. Holiday I'm, I'm a stickler really for a Merry day. Christmas. but uh, That's where it comes from when we look at Good Friday. Easter Sunday, Christmas. These are all very holy days in the church. Now, if you tell me season's greetings, then I may uh, have a few choice words for you. Nice words, I should say. Um, but, well, uh, yeah, happy holidays. A well, holiday very holy good. Day. Happy holy days to you, Andrew. Yes, exactly. All for right. our listeners and viewers, Merry Christmas, happy holy days, and have a great, wonderful New Year. Andrew Santos, our saint expert. Hi, I'm Sheridan, and you're listening to the Salt and Light Hour with Deacon Pedro. I'm Deacon Pedro, and this is a special Christmas edition of the Salt and Light Hour. Read our Salt and Light blog at saltandlighttv.org slash blog. And now it's time for... What Our Kids Teach Us with Jillian Cantor. Jillian. Hello. Happy Advent Almost Christmas. Happy Advent Almost Christmas. What have you learned from your kids this this Advent season or this this as we approach Christmas season? Yes. Um, they've been teaching me a lot about, I guess, um, just taking things at a slower pace and doing so in a peaceful manner because, as we all know, Christmas can lend itself to a bit of frenzy. Yes, um, as we just a bit. For it. And no matter how you try to cut back and simplify and just appreciate the real meaning <clears throat> and the reason of, for the season, um, just by nature of being a human being on planet Earth during Advent and Christmas time, there are extra obligations and activities that you find yourselves involved in, find yourselves involved in. So even if you do try to simplify, it is going to be just a busier time of the year. Right. Um, but just watching these little people embrace these activities that were partaking in, whether it's going to a family Christmas party, getting our tree, decorating that tree, they have such excitement, anticipation, 
um, but in also in a very peaceful way, which is a funny thing to say when they are five, three, and one years old, <laughs> that they do things in a peaceful way, but that they truly embrace um, what we're telling them, why we do this, um, what it's all for. Uh, when we say we're going to a party and there's going to be people there you haven't seen in a long time, but use your manners. Like, they surprisingly embrace that. And because yeah. we've asked them to participate in this, they do. And um, they do it with such meaning and purposefulness. Yeah. So it's kind of encouraged me to approach it the same way. Right. Um, I obviously have, <coughs> being the grown-up <laughs> in the house, have more responsibilities than they do. But that doesn't mean that I can't still embrace that idea of, purposefulness and peacefulness. Um, I guess one example I can leave you with, too, is Joseph has, there are 23 kids in his class, and he's decided he's going to write a Christmas card to each of them. And he's been talking about this for weeks, so he's going to do this. But every day he gets busy with something else, and he never mm-hmm. does. So we have one day left that we can do this. Mm-hmm. And he's insisting, yes, I'm going to do it right after school. I'm going to come home, and we're going to do all the Christmas cards. <laughs> To me, that would leave me in a sense of panic. What? All the Christmas cards in one day? That's a lot of printing. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) But to him, no, he's going to do it. And I know when he comes home, he'll just be very content to do it. He'll copy out all the names, and he'll put the stickers on and draw some pictures, and he'll take pleasure in in this job so that he can the next day distribute these to his classmates and with a smile and just be happy that they're happy that they're getting this handmade card from him. And so I think those are the kinds of things that I want to incorporate in my Christmas time is just, um, yeah, just that, again, that peace and that uh, purposefulness and the joy mm-hmm. in, the whole, in the whole Christmas stuff. Yeah, I, it's interesting that you, 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 the two P words, purpose, I would have never thought that giving something purpose or focusing on the right purpose brings peace. Mm-hmm. That sometimes we think that purpose means that we'll just be more crazy and busy. Yeah, spinning around in a circle. Yeah. But if you're really focused on what the purpose is, it is in fact peaceful. Very good. And that sounds very much like Advent. <laughs> isn't that the whole point? <laughs> isn't that the whole point? Slow down. And isn't yeah. that great that we have our children to remind us of that? Well, good. Thank you very much, Jillian. Have Thank a Merry you. Christmas to Same you. Thank you. And David and to Joseph and Henry and Annie. Mm-hmm. And this is Annie's second Christmas, right? Yeah, yeah. She's yes. done it before, but this time she kind of she uh, is enjoying participating. She blows out those Advent candles. Oh, with, beautiful! With the purpose, <laughs> and uh, she will open presents with a lot of peace. I'm sure. Yes, <laughs> very good. Something to look forward to. Yeah, okay. Very good. Thank you very much, Jillian. Okay, Merry, Merry Christmas. Jillian Cantor is the producer of the Salt and Light TV program Mothering Full of Grace, and she is the wife of David and the mother of Joseph, Henry, and Annie. Here now is a San Antonio vocal arts ensemble with En un Portalejo Pobre, or In a Poor Stable, from their album La Noche Buena.
That was the San Antonio Vocal Arts Ensemble with En Un Portalejo Pobre from their album La Noche Buena, published by World Library Publications. You can find out more about them at savae.org. Here now is Sheridan with our diocesan update. Hello, my friends. Hello, Pedro. There is always lots of good stuff going on in the Archdiocese of Vancouver. Uh, this year they've had huge successes with both their women's and men's conferences, both sold out, fantastic events. And of course, their youth ministry is always on point. And to find out more, I called up Clay Emo, the director of the Office of Youth and Young Adult Ministry, to find out more. Clay, good to speak with you. You too, Sheridan. Thanks for having me on. So tell us about the upcoming One Conference. Yes, the One Conference will be in February, on Saturday, uh, February the 15th, at the Vancouver Convention Center in downtown Vancouver. It is our third conference of this magnitude, and this year we're really going to focus, Sheridan, on ministry leaders, leaders in youth and young adult ministry, religious education, adult faith formation, children, whatever it may be, and we're using this tagline, it's always one uh, one faith, one body, one mission, mm-hmm. but we're really focusing on cultivating, inspiring, and uniting leadership for the mission of our archdiocese. So everyone's welcome to come, as always, as the church is indeed one body and one community, but you know, the sessions and the keynotes will be more geared towards those in ministry leadership. And yes, we're all called to be leaders, but um, I, I think people involved in ministry already will, will find uh, a little more emphasis on them this year, and I think it's a good thing. Okay, and who's on the ticket? Well, we're thrilled to have um, Archbishop Michael Miller, obviously. He will be celebrating Mass, and he'll be starting off today by kind of crafting the message and, and the vision for the diocese over the next couple of years. And we're thrilled to have Father Robert Spitzer oh, uh, joining us, as well as Dr. Josephine Lombardi oh, yes. and Christopher West. So all three of those will be um, delivering keynotes throughout the day. Oh, sounds like a great lineup. Yeah, we're very excited, and, and they're all going to be speak, speaking on different parts of leadership, different parts of spirituality, and I think um, we're working hard to put together a very comprehensive day for everyone that comes. And we're trying something, we're not doing actually any breakouts this year because these speakers are so good, mm-hmm. and we couldn't decide who should go in what room. <laughs> we're actually going to do, along with Archbishop Michael, in essence, four keynotes, and then um, cool. you know, really rely on some some interaction and relationship building during the breaks and the meals, but we're going to try and keep everyone together this year so no one misses anything, and we'll see what happens. Yeah, sounds good. Now, Thank I you. hear that you're also moving to a new uh, location. Tell us about that. Yes, we're very excited. We are moving um, away from our office here in downtown Vancouver, and we are moving towards into central Vancouver and to a new building. They have broken ground this past fall, and we will be moving there likely early 2015 and it's um brand new building there so they're building from scratch and it'll have everything from a a, a actually an auditorium type thing where we could put on either shows or or little things or have meetings a good meeting space and you know kitchen and and the priests actually uh, residents for retired priests as well as it can be a neat function of that building so it's just bigger newer I think uh, we love our building here. It's got character, <laughs> as you know, but uh, just a kind of outgrowing it from a number standpoint, electricity, plumbing, yeah. all that kind of stuff. So selfishly, I would I hate to leave downtown and the, the scene here, but I think it will be a good move overall for the diocese and especially for the, the workers, the employees of the Pastoral Center. Very good. Now yeah. quickly, what's your emo family <laughs> Christmas tradition? Our emo family tradition, <laughs> well, before I became Catholic, uh, myself, it was our family going to another family's house and just uh, watching sports highlights and 
on a, one of the local stations and enjoying food and, and beverage and, and whatever it may be. And since, you know, uh, becoming Catholic, marrying Gail and having kids, we generally get to one of the children's masses, uh, children's focus masses at our, our local parish of St. Paul, come back, have dinner, and then just really spend some time in, in, in prayer and, and just being together. And we let the kids open up one gift, one of the non-Santa gifts, obviously, because Santa would not have been there yet. Of course. And then leave a, a little snack. You know, we let the kids decide what they want. And usually it's not as traditional as milk and cookies. Um, sometimes it's been mandarin oranges. Other times it's been, you know, whatever candy they have left in their room or whatever. And I'm still pushing for sushi because I think Santa would love that. But uh, it's kind of hard to find a sushi place open at, you know, midnight on a, on Christmas Eve. So we'll work on that one. Maybe it needs better planning or something. Oh, well, thank you. Wouldn't sushi for Santa be good? Oh, I think it sounds very good. <laughs> I don't know which one you like. I'm sure it's something uh, with the, the name North in it or something. We'll, we'll have to figure it out. But, yeah, that's what we do. Well, thank you very much, Clay, and say hi to the kids for me. Absolutely. Nice talking to you, Sheridan. Thank you. I was speaking with Clay Emu, the director for the Office of Youth and Young Adult Ministry for the Archdiocese of Vancouver. To find out more about the upcoming ONE conference, visit rcav.org slash ONE. I know. Thank you. Nice to hear sushi, uh, Clay and sushi. <laughs> sushi for Santa sounds like like a special. Yeah, I like that. Sushi for Santa. Thank you, Clay. Thank you, Sheridan. Coming up in our second half hour, Christmas Media Ministry Minutes with Danny Torquia. Mark Matthews tells us about finding Christmas in an unlikely place in Hollywood. Sister Marie Paul Curley has something to say for the Christmas movie watching tradition and some more great music from John Angotti and Ron Rendek. So stay tuned. Hello and welcome to part two of this special Christmas edition of the Salt and Light Hour. I'm Deacon Pedro, and we're going to kick this off with a song. Here is Ron Rendick with his instrumental arrangement of What Child Is This? from his Advent and Christmas hymns album, Come Emmanuel. Thank you. 
That was Ron Rendick's arrangement of What Child Is This from his album Come Emmanuel, Advent and Christmas Hymns, published by World Library Publications. You can learn more about Ron Rendick and his music at wlp.jspaluk.com. And now it's time for... Media Ministry Minutes with Danny Torquia. Danny, welcome back to the program. Thanks again, Pedro. Delighted to be with you. So, resolutions. Well, you know, this is the season of Advent and Christmas, and then New Year's is upon us. So, with a little bit of extra time, we thought it was a good time to speak to our friends and those around us about how can we grow our media ministry in our own homes and in our own circles of influence. Okay, so how can we grow our ability to be media missionaries at home? Well, it starts with every one of us, I mean, because it fundamentally starts with, do we want it? Do we see something slightly off-kelter, uh, off uh, in the world, something that needs to be uh, improved, and really wanting to be an agent of change? Okay. That's really the first step. Uh-huh. Wanting it. Wanting it, absolutely. And then it starts at home. It, like, just like the, the story of, our, of, our, of, of Jesus starts in a manger, our, our homes are, are, might be humble, but we still... It, still is where we spend most of our time, so we start there, and taking stock from there, looking out, and what, what, what do we see? Do we see uh, things that are promoting virtue or vice? And I'm not talking about just maybe kids fighting or, or, or small things, but what can we control within our uh, circle of influence that we can actually control? So, for example, what choices of entertainment what choices do we offer to our family and friends with the idle time we have? That could include just silence among friends. Right. As we know, sometimes it's so hard to listen, and we try to fill up all these voids in our lives with, with activities. So I think number two is looking around you and taking stock of what is around you that you can control. Right. And after that, just investing time, saying to yourself, I'll take time in the new year to, to see what other options are there to help this, this, the problems that I see or some of the shortcomings that I see in my life and in the, the world around me with my children or my spouse. So taking time. Yeah, taking the time. Mm-hmm. Then discussing, I mean, in taking the time, we also have to research what does, what are some, some organizations or some, some partners, some friends, some communities out there that offer some good resources, of course, that, that promote virtue or instruction, education, and, and obviously looking in the Catholic Church at the diocese or in other organizations to see what can they offer us in terms of those solutions. So that could be a magazine like Ligorian is one of our favorites uh-huh. in this house, um, or, or, or some documentaries like Salt and Light has some great stuff for youth or for people of all ages, and that's just in the mass media. But then there's you know there's coloring pages, there's uh, there's stories that we can we can pick up from the saints. And the other thing is, you know, you don't even need those resources. Sometimes it's just remembering your grandmother who passed away or someone today at the grocery store who was particularly nice. It doesn't matter. You know, you'll never ask their religion, but you just say he did something nice by helping an older lady or somebody was lacking 10 cents. So there's every day we see moments of grace and blessings, and we should probably take the time to share those right. with people around us or our kids. Yeah, okay. And then and then there's, there's uh, of course we have to get ready to reallocate either our time or our, mainly our money. What are we doing to, what can we invest in addition to time to these resources, whether it's now committing once a week or committing to joining us a, a specific group or purchasing a subscription to a magazine or, or a television network, for example. 
and then always watch out for peer pressure. You know, okay. peer pressure is going to always uh, hit us uh, when, when we're blind, uh, try to blindside us, uh, and we'll come back to, um, you know, to try to change our course of action. But we always got to make sure that we stay strong. And that, of course, is at, at the best the Eucharist, going to Mass, praying about things, talking about uh, our lives with other parents from our, our community, our church, and staying strong in the course of media ministry. Okay, so that's almost like a six, a six uh, step, staying focused. Almost um, six. The last one was watch out for the the peer pressure coming along to surprise. Yeah. Okay. I see. I see. So, it, it, it wanting it and it starts at home. Look around you. Take time. Research and reallocate time and treasure, and and stay focused. Watch out for for the distractions. I would think that's a great beginning for the new year. And then we can build on that in 2014. Absolutely. And, I, and I'm particularly thinking about resources. And, and I couldn't stop thinking about some of the resources that we provide in this program. Sister Marie Paul Curley has always great, great uh, suggestions for movies that are good movies to watch. Um, and I know you and I are committing now to put in some more resources online for people in terms of media ministry so people can be better media, media missionaries, right? You bet. We all, we all need to work together in this. Absolutely. So that's going to be our, our 2014 resolution. Danny, thank you so much. Uh, My I, pleasure. I, I think this is a really useful uh, segment, and I really appreciate your expertise and, uh, and sharing it with us today. My pleasure, and I wish everyone who's listening a merry, very merry Christmas and a great 2014. And to you too. Thank you, Danny. Thank you, Deacon. Danny Torquia is the Managing Director of Torquia Communications. You can follow him on Twitter, at Dan Torquia. Hi, I'm Julian Cantor, and you're listening to the Salt and Light Hour with Deacon Pedro. I'm Deacon Pedro. You're listening to a special Christmas edition of the Salt and Light Hour. Listen to all Salt and Light Hour episodes at saltandlighttv.org slash radio. And now it's time for... What's Good in Hollywood with our Hollywood undercover missionary, Mark Matthews. Mark, you recently had an experience. Oh, an experience! Let me tell you, a Christmas experience was that. Um, so, uh, for something fun and interesting to do, uh, me and a couple coworkers, actually, one of them, uh, he's from Europe, um, got it into their heads to let's go to a goth club. A goth, goth, um, goth. You know, now so goth kind of standing for gothic. It's kind of, it's kind of a movement of people, a little bit like punk. You know, they're wearing black. Uh, lots of eyeshadow, and you kind of walk around saying depressing thoughts, and there's kind of this whole movement of goth. Did you have to wear and eyeliner, eye eyeshadow, and black to go there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really? So, um, I don't normally, you know, wear eyeshadow, and actually for this I didn't, but we looked it up, we found a few goth clubs, and uh, we were kind of like, okay, you know, we don't want to be spotted or anything like that. So, you know, we found the darkest clothes we could, you know, to kind of try and fit in. And uh, it sounded kind of safe. We picked a night, a place. They were actually having a goth karaoke night, believe it a or goth not. A goth karaoke? Yeah, okay. <laughs> I like it. Pictures like, Mark, this is the Christmas edition. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm you, you've got my so, interest. So, anyway, so... We thought, um, we're like, okay, so we go there on the goth karaoke night, and, uh, you know, we're really worried, you know, we don't want to get, you know, spotted as being non-goth people, you know, get beaten up or kicked out or anything like that. Um, but, uh, yeah, so we thought, okay, we'll fit in, you know, we'll try and do a few goth songs as well here, too. 
Um, but before we picked out our songs, we thought, well, we'll wait and see what other, the other regional golf regulars are picking for their songs. And uh, to, to my very pleasant surprise, um, the first couple songs, believe it or not, were Christmas carols. Really? They were not The Cure, they were not Nine Inch Nails, they were not Metallica. Or Bad religion. Bad, they were like good old-fashioned Christmas carols. Really? And, I kid you not. And it just, it just really kind of hit me. I was just like, wow. I'm like, Christmas is so pervasive, and this is in a good way, that people really love it. And, and they really love sort of the, the sacramentality of it. Um, this whole thing of, you know, the signs, the decorations, the Christmas tree, the Christmas carols, it's all something that they love, and it, and it mm-hmm. makes sense. Like, every one of these, you know, goth people, maybe they're trying to be someone else, but, you know, they were all kids at some point, and they probably grew up singing Christmas carols. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just uh, kind of reminded me of how important it is that we try and encourage that, um, that basically, you know, when we take you know, decorations, and we put them up, you know, maybe we put a little crash on our front lawn or something like that. We are incarnating our faith, and that is that we are making something uh, a physical reality. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, the greatest incarnation is, you know, God made flesh, which we celebrate uh, at, well, essentially at um, the uh, Annunciation, but also, of course, yeah. at the Nativity of His birth yeah. coming up. Um, but you know that we can, we do we incarnate things all the time, and you know we do even little things like say setting a time and place for coffee to to you know meet up with a friend. We're making something real. Yeah. Um, now the the other kind of connection here is that what I have seen in in Hollywood is um, artists are in, incarnators. You know, artists you know they're always taking an idea or a thought or a feeling and they're trying to make it into a physical reality so that it can be communicated. So people here are naturally very attuned to these kinds of sort of sacramental, incarnational kind of signs. Um, And when they do Christmas decor, people actually do it really well. Hmm. It looks beautiful here. It's not very gaudy, you know, but but it looks, you know, good like your good classical kind of Christmas decor. Um, So, you know, I just thought, I'm like, oh, that's kind of neat. So the, the takeaway, or maybe the message here, is to just, you know, is to keep... Uh, doing these kinds of things, you know, in a society where, you know, they're trying to sanitize it and turn it into the holiday season instead of the Christmas season, what I really encourage people to do is do things that are reflective of our faith, you know, such as, say, like a creche, you know, a nativity scene on our front lawn, or a star, or wise men, something that actually remind people of the true meaning of, mm. uh, of Christmas being Christ and Christ's birth. Good. Yeah. Good. So, and and it's you know it's essentially it's a it's an opportunity to evangelize as well too. You can um, you know maybe you'll get into a little conversation with your neighbor, you know, talk about it or something like that. So, um, and if you're looking for more ideas too, um, I'd recommend you read someone like uh, Catherine Doherty. Mm-hmm. Um, she talks a lot about this. She's the foundress of a community Madonna called House. Madonna House, and she yeah. talks a lot about incarnating and has lots of ideas for for how to do this kind of thing. So, um, so that's my that's my little uh, bit of advice for for Christmas, and you will you will find Christ in Christmas even at a goth karaoke night. I like it. Thank you very much. It's great advice and 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 great reminder that yes, we can share our faith, and and maybe a way to do that is just by hanging up lights or hanging up what I did this year: purple, purple, pink, and then purple Christmas lights for Advent. And, ah, then, and then on Christmas, pink and purple, yeah, and then on it. Christmas Eve, we put up the white lights. Just and, means you have to and hang if up. you and if you were goth, you would put up black lights. Black lights. Put on phone. 
Absolutely. Anyway, thank you very much, Mark. Merry Christmas. You're very welcome, Pedro. And we'll see you in the new year. Okay. God bless. That's Mark Matthews, our Hollywood undercover missionary. Hi, I'm Danny Tortia from Media Ministry Minutes, and you're listening to The Salt and Light Hour with Deacon Pedro. I'm Deacon Pedro. You can find me on Facebook, also on Twitter. You can also like Salt and Light Radio on Facebook. And now it's time for... Windows to the Soul with Sister Marie Paul Curley. Sister, welcome to the program. Deacon Pedro, it is good to be here, and I have a question for you. Okay. Do you have a family movie tradition for Christmas? You know what? Um, Growing up, we did, and growing up, it was always Miracle on 34th Street, and It's a Wonderful Life. Mm. With our kids... I think if if anything, it's the Peanuts, the Charlie Brown Christmas that we always like to watch every year. And I love that. It's, it's great. And my wife, I think for her growing up, it was Rudolph, <laughs> Rudolph the Red-Nosed Ranger. Okay. So sometimes she just sneaks down by herself to watch that by herself because that's her tradition, but not ours. Oh, that's great. That's great. You know, I think there are a lot of great movies that you can make a special occasion of, yes. you know, watching them with your family. And I think at Christmas time, sometimes we need to get away from the noise and bustle of Christmas. And watching a movie can give us a chance together to slow down, to allow, especially if we watch a really good movie, to allow some deeper reflection as you kind of enter together into the experience of the film. And if if you have a chance to talk about the film's meaning or what you liked about the film together afterwards. Uh Um, You know, last year I offered a list of five great Christmas movies to see, and I still stand by that list because there's, you know, there's a lot of Christmas movies out there, but there's not tons of great ones. No. But there are tons of great films that, even without being specifically about Christmas, can become a part of our Christmas tradition okay. because they have this a level of artistry um, right. that helps resonate um, our reflection with the, with our human experience. Their themes can connect to the mystery of the incarnation, and right. um, and okay. and and who doesn't love sitting down to watch a great movie together? You right. know, it's something okay. fun to do as a family as well. So yeah, you're making me think of the Sound of Music, which I always wonder why they show it at Christmas time. Oh my goodness, that's my first pick. Is that it? Is so, I, we did not talk about that ahead of time. I no, but, <laughs> okay, no, explain to me, because I cannot understand why everybody says that The Sound of Music is a Christmas movie, but because it, it's not. It's not It's not a Christmas movie. Um, I think, per, I suspect, perhaps, that uh, television programming executives think of it as a religious movie, because yeah. Marie is in the convent, and yeah. so they're like, religious? Oh, that's a Christmas movie, and so they plunk it in. But honestly, for me... The reason I picked it is that Christmas is a season where we celebrate the Holy Family. And Uh actually, during Advent and Christmas, we see this family repeatedly in crisis. It's mostly, you know, they're racing to get to Bethlehem, so trying to find a place for for Jesus to be born. Um, They have the threat of Herod, yet they overcome these obstacles through their faith in God and their love for each other and, you know, and really being faithful to their vocation. And so I think family movies, movies that really focus on the theme of family are awesome to watch together at Christmas because yeah. it helps us to understand, you know, and, and maybe to appreciate a little bit more our families and even our vocation as being part of this family. So I Sound see. of Music was my first pick. It is okay. one of my favorite films of all time. Okay. And, um, you know, I, um, but it also, it really portrays that sense of what it means to be family, even when that family is wounded, um, needs healing. 
Um, and it also proposes, I think, a very Catholic worldview of our purpose in life and vocation, particularly in Maria's story, you know, as she discerns her vocation. Right. So that can be really powerful. So my other two f- entertaining family movies to watch at Christmas are both animated, actually. I've got Disney's The Lion King, okay. which has some amazing parallels, uh, you know, very lightly parallel, light parallels to the life of Christ. But, you know, that sense of Simba's birth is so greatly celebrated, but then he goes into exile, then he has to come back and try to begin his peaceful reign in the circle of life. You know, it just, it fits really well as a good family film. And, mm-hmm. and of course, I can't do films without putting in superheroes. So huh. for a light take about what it means to be filmy, The Incredibles is a wonderful choice. Oh, really? You know, I mean, they're carrying out a mission together as a family. As a family. To make the yeah. world a better place. And it's a great, you know, so those are my three family, family-themed family movies. But, you know, Christmas is also a season which encourages us to be mindful of the unexpected visitor among us. You know, it's, is that the face of Christ hiding in our, pres- in our midst? And uh-huh. um, so two films I want to recommend would be E.T., The Extraterrestrial. Really? You know, that's Spielberg's great film yeah. um, about how an alien transformed the life of this little boy and ultimately of his family yeah. and offers some interesting insights. And then also 2007, a small independent film called The Visitor um, uh-huh. came out. Um, it stars Richard Jenkins, and it's about a lonely college professor whose apartment is invaded, really, by two illegal immigrants. And it's the story of their relationship and what happens. And this uh, this movie has a little bit of language, but it's a gem, and it's it could definitely be watched by a family with older children. It's a great great film to watch. Okay. Um, and then finally, Christmas is a season of light, and so three films that really focus on living the light in a time of darkness mm-hmm. would be Lord of the Rings, of course. Um, and I can't help but give a nod to The Hobbit that's out in the theater. Oh yeah. The end of the season as well. Simon Birch is a very small and moving film uh-huh. about a young boy who struggles with dwarfism, yeah. but is convinced he has a particular mission from God, and he lives it despite the obstacles in his life. Now, I have to warn you, this is a very poignant film, mm-hmm. but it's inspiring, too. And then my very favorite movie about a saint is also one of the best movies of all times. It won six Oscars, A Man for All Seasons. Mm-hmm. The story of St. Thomas More is really a movie for all seasons about a gifted and brilliant man who chooses to live with integrity um, in a time of great pressure and, and threat. So um, so those would be uh, some, some movies to think about watching together as a family. Absolutely. Okay, so, so this, is, this is very good. So non-Christmas movies that are good to watch at Christmas time for various reasons, Sound of Music, Lion King, The Incredibles, E.T., The Extraterrestrial, The Visitor, which is a great movie, The Lord of the Rings, any of them, Simon Birch, and A Man for All Seasons. Yeah. Great, great. So, so no objection to, to straying a little bit a- away from Christmas is about Jesus and watching something that is maybe not specifically about that or about Santa Claus. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Very good. Thank you so much for these, for these uh, uh, suggestions. I'm going to maybe uh, take you up on some of them uh, over my two weeks break. Great, and have a blessed Christmas. You too. Thank you very much. Merry Christmas. Sister Marie Paul is with the Congregation of the Daughters of St. Paul, and you can read her blog at windowstothesoul.wordpress.com. Also follow her on Twitter at Sister M. Paul. Here now is John Angotti with Come and Adore from his album Welcome Home for Christmas. Love comes this starry night Shepherds gather by his side 
John Angotti with Come and Adore from his album Welcome Home for Christmas, published by World Library Publications. You can find out more about John Angotti at his website, johnangotti.com. And that brings us to the end of the program. Remember that you can stream or podcast all our Salt and Light Hour programs at saltandlighttv.org slash radio. All our programs are there, available for download. On that same page, you can find links to all the artists whom we feature on the Salt and Light Hour. You can watch our featured music video of the week and listen to uninterrupted music all day long on Salt and Light Radio. That's your home for Catholic Christmas music all throughout the Christmas season. Today's show would not have been possible without the generous contribution of music from World Library Publications, a leader in the music, liturgy, and Catholic publishing world. They are a division of the J.S. Paluck Company. Visit them and support their work, wlp.jspaluck.com. We're going to be putting that link on our website so that you can find it easily. Salt and Light Radio and the Salt and Light Hour are ministries of Salt and Light Catholic Media Foundation. You can learn all about Salt and Light and all that we do at saltandlighttv.org. Today I was joined by our news expert and Vatican Connection, Alicia Ambrosio, our diocesan expert Sheridan Sanders, our saint expert Andrew Santos, our public relations expert Daniel Torquia, our parenting expert Jillian Cantor, our Hollywood undercover missionary Mark Matthews, and our film expert Sister Marie Paul Curley. Our sound engineer is Javier Capella, and the executive producer of Salt and Light Media is Father Tom Rosica. I'm Deacon Pedro, and I love doing this show, and I hope that you love listening to it. Thank you for being with us. Have a holy and blessed Christmas season.